1: Hello and welcome to Married Chopper Live. I'm Dr. Joe Beam. This is a program where we talk about your relationships. And in talking about your relationships, we try to answer as many questions as we possibly can. Now, typically when we start, we start with some kind of a topic. And so let me start with this. Do you want to know what love really is? Or will you just be satisfied with whatever comes along? Because if you are, you're going to be disappointed. We talk about a thing called exquisite love, which is experiencing the ordinary, and it starts in the most logical place of all. As a matter of fact, the only place it can start if, indeed, you want to have love that's exquisite. We have Kimberly Holmes here, our CEO. And, Kimberly, can you talk about this for a couple of minutes? What is this thing called exquisite love?
0: Well, it sounds really crazy, right? I mean, it sounds like one of those things where you're like, I don't know what's about to be said. Is this something that's actually attainable? What's what's kind of going on here? But exquisite love, if you're wanting to have this in your relationship, if you're wanting to have this in in you and in, in what you're experiencing, exquisite love has to start from within you. And we don't, I mean, we do talk about that a lot at Marriage Helper, but not necessarily in that sense. We've talked a lot about how if your relationship is going through a negative space or if your relationship is going through some kind of trouble or crisis, then there is the need to focus on you and to work on you. But it's not just something that you need to do if your marriage is going through something negative. If you're any, in any kind of relationship, then there is a need to work on you. If you're wanting to have any kind of positive in your relationship, if you're wanting to have this exquisite love that we're talking about, it actually has to start from within you. And what marriage helper and in general, with Joe and I and the things that we do, we call that working on your pies, your physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual attraction. Again, this is not just something that you do in order to try and bring someone back. It's not just something that you do when your marriage is going through a a hard time. The pies is something that you do and the pies are something that you work on no matter what is going on in your life, just always. Me as a person living and breathing on a daily basis, whether I realize it or not, I am working on my pies. Now, I might be consciously working on my pies and doing the things to better myself in every way possible, or I might not be consciously focusing on them and I might be, just kind of not growing, maybe even regressing some in my physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual attraction because I'm not aware and I'm not focusing and I'm not making it a priority for me. The pies are something that are so important for your relationship, for where you're want to ahead in your future, for you as a person. And that's why we believe that it, you need to focus on it no matter what is happening, no matter what is happening. If you've been around any of our Facebook groups or anything like that over the past couple of weeks, then maybe you've seen the exciting announcement that I have started a separate endeavor, a secondary endeavor, so to say, called Pies University, which I have been so excited about. Because I love, I absolutely love helping people to work on their pies and understanding what the pies really is, everything that it can encompass, how a major, just what a major life change can come from it. I've absolutely loved being able to do that. And so I started something called Pies University. And I have a mailing list. And I started just with every Friday sending out a weekly newsletter that I call the Five Line Friday, where I share five tips, whether it's an article or a podcast or a resource, to be able to help you to work on your pies more effectively. And people have been, thankfully, loving it. I've gotten amazing feedback. But some of the other feedback that I've gotten over the past couple of weeks is I've been asking people why they are working on their pies, what they're working on their pies for. And one thing that I have seen over and over and over again is that the motivation behind what many people are doing and working on their pies has the wrong focus. The focus is I'm doing this to bring my spouse back, or I'm doing this so that my significant other will X, Y, or Z, fill in the blank. And the focus is not on I'm doing this to become the best that I can be. And there's still so many people that are measuring their success of what they're doing with their physical, intellectual, and emotional and spiritual attraction based on how their spouse is responding. And you probably see this a lot as well, don't you, Joe? When people are, when they are trying to work on their pies, but really what they're focusing on is how is my spouse responding <clears throat> to me?
1: Exactly, or if it 's not the spouse or the mm-hmm. significant other, but i 'm mm-hmm. trying to get him or her to come to me, and it becomes all then judged by the other person's interactions and reactions,
2: mm-hmm. which,
1: as you said, if the other person's not reacting or acting like you want them to, you give up, you mm-hmm. stop and right. really, it was always to be for you
0: always that is the purpose of it, and as we're talking about this exquisite love of if you want to find this. Love and connection in your relationship that will last, that will last for a lifetime. All of those things that we want as people, that we want in our relationship, it really has to start with me and not with me focusing on my husband and how he's reacting and acting. It has to start with me. And am I truly growing in myself? Am I truly loving myself? Am I truly doing the things that I need to do in these four areas to become the best that I can be? And it's a huge mindset change, it really is. But I would love for you to join Pies University, to join the email list. We have some exciting things that are gonna be coming out over the next couple of days, some exciting emails. And of course, there's always that Five Line Friday email where I will be sharing my top five tips of the week on how to work on your pies in a very tangible, implementable way. One of the feedback that I've gotten from a couple of people in regards to the Five Line Friday email is, I didn't realize the pies could be this easy to work on, that it is things just as as simple as walking or figuring out how to create good habits, or there's even an emotional challenge that I gave of invite someone over for dinner, invite a friend over for dinner, and just ask them questions and listen to them. It really can be that simple, but if you would like to join that email list, then you can text the number 33777, text that number and text the word, all one word, my pies, M-Y-P-I-E-S, and it'll ask you your name and your email so that you can get joined on that email list. And I would love for you to be a part of it and to work with you, to guide you, to encourage you, to help you do all of the things that you can do to become the best that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually.
1: Fantastic, and I hope people do that. It's on the screen. Is that correct? And yes. for those that are listening by blog talk or other things like that, maybe we should read that out loud.
0: I will read it again. So okay. text oh, I'm the, sorry. text the word <laughs> my pies m y m y p i e s <clears throat> to the number three three seven seven seven.
1: Okay. I apologize. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <It's
0: okay. laughs>
1: I was actually reading something that I want to read to the audience Please. here as we get toward the end of the
0: program. Okay.
1: And and I had Stick forgotten around. this. I ran back to my office and messed up all our equipment getting in and out <laughs> <clears throat> so that we can have this here.
0: Halfway through, I was like, I've lost sounds, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I know do you have on. sound again now i do okay guess he fixed it he did a great job okay
1: very good and so i hope people take advantage of that and let's go mm-hmm. ahead then and start taking a couple of calls here uh let's first go to savannah savannah georgia very pretty place down oh no savannah who is in georgia
0: maybe she lives in savannah <laughs> she
1: might but it says savannah who is in georgia hi savannah how are you hi
3: i'm good how are you
1: Thank you. I, I, when I saw Savannah, Georgia, I just assumed it was in Savannah, Georgia.
0: Well, I know oh, that area okay. code. The area codes. I when I lived in Augusta, that was the area code I had. But anyway,
1: how may we help you Savannah? Well,
4: I'm actually in Columbus, Georgia, um, but I figured that was going to be confusing that I'm Savannah from Georgia. From Columbus.
1: So. <laughs> okay.
4: Yes. <Savannah> <laughs> how, may, how may we Columbus, help you today? Um. All right. So I am currently in a separated situation from my husband. Um, he has left me quite a few times, actually. And in the last seven-ish months, um, he's left me twice. Uh, the first time he was gone for a month and a half. And then most recently, he left in November. And he's, um, he left November 19th, and he's currently still gone. Um, that has been a huge struggle throughout our marriage because you know, obviously our marriage can't be successful if he, you know, has an issue of running from issues. But the the biggest thing now at this point is I want to stand for my marriage. I don't want um I don't want a divorce.
0: But mm-hmm. I also
4: don't know how to set healthy boundaries for him to where I don't want to say where the marriage will stop, but where I'm not no longer enabling this behavior. So over the last couple of days things have taken a turn in a way where he is like, I want to be back. Like I, I feel like we're starting over because there's been some intimate situations between us and now I kind of just feel like I'm being used for that. And I don't want that. We have two small children. Um, you know, this, I mean, not that that, that just adds to it. I'm not saying that that's the reason it can't happen. I'm just saying it's That's another reason why this can't keep going on. Like, I need for him to either choose he's going to be here or not or 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 not. But I also don't want to give him an ultimatum because I know that's not very wise to do. Either
1: Well, when so, he leaves, what what kind of reason does he give that he's leaving?
4: Um, well, over the years it's changed. It at, at the beginning it was because we would argue and so he would instead of like sitting down and trying to talk about the issue, it would be more of a um, he gets really angry really fast, and so there'd be no, like, slow to anger. It would just be like zero to 100, so we'd never we'd never get to the, the actual issue. Um, he would leave before we would, you know, get to a place where it could stop. And so then it would just end up being me being like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I shouldn't have brought it up, and then I just hmm. kind of – it would just stuff it under a rug. And we'd, so it would be that, and then eventually it turned into – him not just leaving, but him saying, I want a divorce. And so he said it all the time, and that started bringing resentment in my heart. And unfortunately, he has had two affairs. And mm-hmm. last year, um, during a separation that he had asked for, I told him I was getting a job and I was moving on. And so I had a, a fling myself. And
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, he changed his mind after a couple months and told him he wanted me back. Anyway, I was willing to work on everything, and I told him, I was like, Well, I, you know, I was honest. I told him what happened, and he was like, It's okay. Mm-hmm. I understand. Like, I pushed you. And then okay. within a couple months, it changed again. And so now
1: so that's when his leaves, reason for
5: why he,
1: he, leaves, he, mm-hmm. he, he leaves. When he leaves, where does he go? Because of what
5: I did. Do you want When he leaves, where does he go? Um.
4: He'll, he told me – I don't always know, unfortunately. He's told me in the past that he just sleeps in his car. I know that he's also gotten hotels from credit card statements. But right now, the last two big times that he's left, he's living with coworkers. And um, – like well, I say okay.
6: coworkers, uh, previous employees. Come on about a real
1: quick questions, if I may. First of all, how old is your husband? Say that again? How old is he?
6: 35.
1: 35. And how long have you guys been together?
4: Um, we've been together 10 years, but we've been married for eight years.
1: Okay. And in those 10 years, how many times has he left?
3: Oh, gosh. Um,
1: just a rough number. Where of he
3: was.
4: Uh, I mean, I honestly, I've lost count. He's, lost,
1: he's left so many okay. times.
4: I mean, I know this, okay. just this year, well, 2019, I know he left six times
1: last year. Okay, so six times last year, I've got that number there. Okay, what did I just do? Kimberly, I just messed up here. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I'm pressing the wrong buttons. Give me, hang on a second here.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, I, I don't know how many more things I'm going to do wrong today.
0: <clears throat>
1: I broke our earphones. I, uh, I've done everything else, and now I'm I'm a poor Savannah. like, what what in the world are you doing there?
0: We accept you. And we forgive you <laughs> for what has
1: happened. The problem is we got to the studio earlier today.
2: That's the problem. Earlier than we normally be. do.
1: And that messed up everything.
2: Everything. Because
1: usually we rush into the last second. Last second. All right. Let's go back to what Savannah was talking about. So he left six times last year. Mm-hmm. He's left so many times over the 10 years they've been together. She can't keep count anymore. Mm-hmm. And so in a situation like this, when you have a fellow,
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: could be a woman, but in this case, it's a fellow who is basically running from any kind of conflict right. whatsoever. Now, she said, I feel like, kind of like we're starting over in the last couple of days because there's been some intimacy. But but speaking, I think this is more the kind of thing we would address from the standpoint of psychology. Mm-hmm. What would you think?
0: Well, there's definitely a pattern of mm-hmm. of poor conflict <clears throat> skills. You know, for some reason, probably something in his past, maybe even before they met, mm-hmm. there has been a, for whatever reason, either a pattern or repetition or a triggering event that when it happens, he leaves. He doesn't know how to handle it. Now, my mm-hmm. question back would be: Is that something that, whenever they have conflict in the marriage, um, because of the how that happens? If there's poor um, rules of engagement, as I would like to say, if you have mm-hmm. poor rules of engagement when you're fighting, that ends up, you know, where it you're you're screaming and you're yelling and things are said that are terrible and there's stonewalling, all of those things. Is that why he's doing it? Or is it because that's how he saw his parents handle conflict? Or is there something that happened? I mean, it triggers for me, there's something deeper there.
1: There's absolutely got to be something deeper mm-hmm. here. Because because people, generally speaking, I mean, most of us don't like conflict. We try to avoid conflict if we can. But when you leave a marriage six times in a given year, mm-hmm. and you've got two small children there, mm-hmm. then something's occurring that's beyond the normal range. Mm-hmm. And so I'm quite convinced that you're right. It's going to be something that's occurred back probably all to get way back into childhood. Now, so, so Savannah's saying, so what do I do? Savannah, you can either continue to do what you are doing, which appears to be aiding and abetting. It, it appears to be enabling because of the fact that if he can go in six times in one year and come back six times in one year, then basically the message that's been given to him is that there are no consequences for your behavior. Now, if that's how you want to live, if that's how you choose to do this, you certainly have the right to make that decision. On the other hand, and when I heard what you said about, I don't want to give an ultimatum, I understand that ultimatums are the last resort kind of things, but we call those stops, S-T-O-P, safeguards that offer protection. And in a situation where there's a safeguard that offers protection, then there are consequences for a person's behavior. It would be if, for example, you chose to do something like that and you say, well, who's being protected? Well, you. And to some degree, your children are being protected because I imagine to small kids, the mixed message of daddy's gone, daddy's back, daddy's Mm -hmm. gone, daddy's back, would not be advantageous to them as well. Mm -hmm. That is causing some confusion in them. If they're old enough to understand that he's not there, that he's left, that he's not going to be there for a while, then it's got to be confusing them. And so if you were to set a stop, a safeguard, that offers protection, it would be something like this. The next time you leave, you're not allowed to come back for at least three months. Now I'm not giving the exact time, I'm giving an example. But typically what we say is, if you're gonna do a stop, you need to have a tiered response. Meaning, if it happens the first time, this is the consequence. Then if we get back together after that, if you were to just rush off and leave again, then it's gonna be six months. Now that's what we mean by tiered. The first time is this consequence, the second time it's a larger consequence. And if we get back together after that and you do it, then here's the third tier, which is, you're not coming back. Now, understand, we're not trying to get you to end your marriage. We're not trying to end this. We are pro-marriage. We hope that you figure out how to save your marriage. But the point I'm trying to make is if he can go and come at will and there's no consequence for his behavior, I don't know how you stop that behavior. If people can do things and they realize I can come back whenever I want to, all I have to do is say, I'm sorry, and you'll take me back, what's to keep him from leaving the next time he's got a conflict? So my suggestion would be, and I'm assuming you're going to agree with this Kimberly, my suggestion would be this. First of all, say we need to find a therapist Mm -hmm. who understands what's called attachment styles.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, pardon me, the best way to find therapists is to find people who know therapists have had experience with them. Just the fact that they advertise in whatever, online, whatever it might be, does not mean they're very good at what they do. And so you want to find people that can refer them. Or if you can't find anybody who can refer one, you can call and ask for an appointment. Uh, Just a very brief five-minute discussion before you set up anything beyond that. If he or she will not agree to do that, that's not the therapist you want anyway. And the question you want to ask the therapist is this, how experienced are you in dealing with attachment styles? Now, we're not going to try to explain the great deep psychology of attachment styles right now, but if I were a gambling man, which I'm not, I'd bet my money on the fact that he has what's called a fearful avoidant attachment style. And that's what's leading to this particular behavior. Mm -hmm. If you can find a counselor, and by the way, if the counselor says, oh, yes, I know all about that, say, that's not what I'm asking. How much experience do you have with that? And what kind of success do you have in helping people deal with that? And from that, find the right kind of counselor and say to him, look, if we're going to continue this relationship, here's something I'm requiring of you. I require that you go get help with this counselor. And then you can also set with it if you choose to then the stops. The tiered responses. If you do it next, here's a consequence. If we get back together, after that and you do it again. Here's a bigger consequence. I've already explained that. I don't want to go into more detail with it there. But my recommendation, my recommendation would be to tell him we've got to find a good therapist, particularly one skill and attachment styles with experience there and start there.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then my suggestion would be that you also build some stops if he runs away again. Yeah, it's always your decision. You make your decision about what you do. Would you basically agree or disagree with that?
0: No, I do. I do agree because the stops need to have goals, right? We, I mean, you don't just do them. That's when you really start towing the line between is this actually a stop or are you trying to punish behavior and things like that. So I would definitely say if the goal of the stops is going to be to get him some further help in therapy and you know your relationship probably needs that as well. Coming to one of our workshops after he's gone to some therapy could be very helpful for that as well um, but I would absolutely I would absolutely agree with that I don't see how you can move forward long term if this pattern isn't I'm not going to say the word broken because I think that eventually is what needs to happen but at least if there's enlightenment shed on why it happens mm-hmm. because that will probably bring the first set of, of realizations and, and help that you need before he might be able to break it.
1: Okay, very good. And then we're gonna go over to Texas. <laughs> this cough, this cold keeps hanging on. We're going to Texas to talk to Manny. Hi Manny, are you there?
7: Yeah, I'm in.
1: Okay. Yeah. How may we how may we help you? Are you on a speakerphone, Manny? No,
7: I'm in a, I'm on a on a Bluetooth right
0: now. Is that any better no, it wasn't. I it can hear the background oh, noise is gone, but if you could get closer to the microphone, that would be helpful.
7: Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that any better? Yes, that's better.
1: How may we help you, my friend? Okay. Okay.
7: Okay. Um. So, Everything. Now I'm on a speakerphone. Sorry.
1: Okay. I'd say that apparently we have lost many. Okay, I'm
7: many. here. I'm here. Hello, I'm still here.
1: Okay. How may we help you?
7: So um, it's been about three months, and we're uh, semi-separated, living together, and I don't know. She sees us as not, you know, a thing right now. But everything seems kind of normal on the business front. I mean, I just she comes home and tells me about her day and everything. Over the holidays, it was kind of rough, and yeah, I kind of maybe said some things i shouldn't have said and kind of you know don't kind of know, pushed her away a bit not not purposefully but in that she told me a few things and one of the things she told me was that, you know she misses the way we used to be like when we started dating we've been together for 10 years married for three and it's only been three months since she told me that you know i needed to change the things i was doing or you know i might lose her and in the three months, I found out that she's been talking to somebody online, one of her friends, that kind of stuff. And I don't know what's going on there anymore, but I think there's still something going on there. it's it, it a lot going on, but she told me that one of the times when I was, we were kind of having an argument about just talking about the relationship, which she isn't ready to talk about right now. She's just kind of still hurt by... You know, me not doing enough around the house, me not being affectionate towards her enough, you know, that kind of stuff, when I really didn't know that (coughs) she was that much hurt by that. So, I mean, now she's saying that she wants, she wishes things, you know, she misses the way things were when we were, like, the first two years of our relationship.
1: And And how how were things different? In the first two years of your relationship, how were things different than they are now?
7: I mean, for the first, like, year or so, I mean, we, were, we weren't living together. But then she asked me to move in, so I did. Um,
1: so how were things different then I, than they are now? In the relationship? In the relationship, how were different things then? I don't
7: know. I guess we would – I guess we kind of drifted apart a bit. I don't know. It's just that we were –
1: Okay, but you said earlier that she was saying things to you like, I don't feel like this, I don't feel like that. So she's been telling you how it's different, and, and you were just mentioning those things a few minutes ago that she was telling you how it's different. And you said, if I heard you correctly, you said, I didn't realize those things were bothering her that much.
7: Oh, yeah, like the the, the stuff that I wasn't doing around the house. And I guess I was a bit more affectionate to her, and, and,
2: mm-hmm. and
7: uh, I guess – a little more lighthearted than what we would talk about, you
1: know. Mm -hmm. And so have you made any progress toward doing those things for her now? If she's saying, I need you to be more affectionate, I I need you to be more here around here doing things. So have you changed any of your behaviors based on what she said to you?
7: I guess she said, what she said, you need to do more around the house. I kind of did a 180 immediately. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean?
1: But what about the affection? Are you giving her affection like she wants you to do so?
7: I think I went too far at the beginning. What does that mean? Like like I not too far, but I just I I don't know. I it I turned it up too much, you know. I like I kind of was too affectionate and she felt like she she told me she felt it was foreign to her that I was actually paying attention and giving her affection and wanting so to she hold feel, her and,
1: So she felt smothered then? Is that what you're saying?
7: Yeah, I guess so.
1: Okay. Well, if she feels smothered, if you do a lot, and if she feels like you're not paying any attention to her, if you don't do much, then it would seem that somewhere in between those two things would be the right way. Here's my recommendation to you. Ask her. Sit down with her and say, I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to defend myself. I just really want to understand. And so here's what I'm going to do. Let's just sit down together and do this when you have plenty of time, when there's no other other pressures going on. You're not arguing about anything. It's actually a very true and even conversation. And just say, here's what I need to know. Can you tell me what I do that evokes emotions within you that you enjoy feeling? And can you tell me what I do or don't do that evokes emotions within you that you don't enjoy feeling? Now, she may not want to answer that, but if she does, then that's where you're going to get the answer. Because you you can say, you know, you said uh, that you needed more affection and apparently I went too far. So I'm asking for your guidance here. Help me understand what it was like. Help me understand what I was doing then. Now, if she'll answer both question or those questions, because it's more than one. And if you can have an honest conversation with each other, then you'll find the answer there. If, on the other hand, she says, no, I've told you before and I don't think you understood it. And I'm not going to tell you again. That becomes then... Extremely important for you to do the following. Start thinking very specifically about how things were in those first two years. What were the things that you did? What were the things that you didn't do? In other words, smothering her. If you didn't smother her in the first two years, but you said you just recently did. And so you make a list of the things you did. You think those things through. Then you start watching her. And and when you do something, if she reacts in a positive way, make a note of it. If you do something and she reacts in a negative way, make a note of that. And it won't take long for you to find the pattern. Oh, when I do these kinds of things, she reacts positively. When I do these kinds of things, she reacts negatively. Now, obviously, the better way to it is if you can have the conversation. You would agree with that, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. If
1: she would actually answer the questions, that's obviously Mm -hmm. the best way to do this. Mm -hmm. But if she won't answer the questions, you can still do this by observation.
0: Right. Now, what it's going to take is being determined to do it. You're actually going to have to make it a priority and follow through with it because what more than likely when people have these questions, just like Manny had, what happens is they hear the answer and then they don't do it. And then in three months they say, well, nothing's changed, Mm -hmm. but they didn't change Mm
2: -hmm. anything
0: in order to make it happen. So you really have to be Determined and, and set aside the time. There's a word that I'm thinking of that is a very common word and it has evaded me. Um,
1: you're too young to have that problem. I have it all the time, but you're too young for that. Intentional. There you go. You have yeah, to
0: point. be intentional about it.
1: That's <laughs> right. And intentionality makes a lot of difference, mm-hmm. but it does mean you have to make specific effort. You do. Okay. And so now we're going to go over to Wisconsin and we're going to talk to Josie. Hi, Josie. How may we help you?
3: Hi. Um, Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I've actually been listening to your show um, since the late summer. Um, My husband and I have been married for almost um, 13 years. And um, uh, at the end of July, he uh, told me he was in love with someone else. Mm -hmm. And he moved out. Um, in September and that's when I found you and I started working on myself and I was doing the pies and um, it's it works. Um, he came Good. back in November, beginning of November and has mm-hmm. now moved back home. Um, we have two, two girls, two children and um, now I'm just worried. I don't know if I can actually trust him because he's told me that he's talking to this other woman again Mm -hmm. and he's been diagnosed um, as having bipolar disorder.
1: And who made that diagnosis?
3: Um, It was a combination between his, his doctor and his counselor.
1: Okay. So they together made that diagnosis. Okay. Are they putting in, did they put him on any kind of meds for the bipolar?
3: Um. Not yet they they tried a couple of antidepressants, which mm-hmm. um didn't actually work, and so now yeah. he's thinking that he needs the um mood stabilizer
1: mhm bipolar what we would recommend of course, you now, your husband may or may not wish to do this <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, forgive me, what we would recommend is that that they involve a psychiatrist, not because your husband's crazy, don't misunderstand, but the psychiatrists Mm -hmm. are the doctors who are most up to date on the meds that help particular issues like bipolar. Typically it Mm -hmm. takes up to 10 years to be diagnosed as bipolar and And so, if the doctor and counselor agree, I'm not certainly not disagreeing with their diagnosis, but I'm saying mm-hmm. if you involve a professional here who is a specialist in the kind of meds that help that, that would be a psychiatrist and and if he'd be willing to do that, we would suggest that mm-hmm. Now, you say he's also mm-hmm. talking to the other woman when you when you ask him, did you ask him not to continue to talk to the other woman
3: um, Well, not exactly. I asked him to be honest with me. I asked him to always tell me what was going on because that was part of the problem, Mm -hmm. I think, from before is that he was having feelings and he wasn't telling me. So we have a policy of radical honesty, which is why he's told me that he's talking to her. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says they're not talking about anything having to do with the relationship, that he was really worried she hated him and that made him... Um, depressed. And and so
1: he's um, trying to get her not to hate him anymore? Is that what he's doing?
3: Right. That's what he says. Yep.
1: Okay. Does that sound logical to you? No. <laughs> no. no.
3: <laughs> not really. I mean, but I don't know if I'm being unreasonable.
1: Well, Understanding if you're dealing with a person who is truly bipolar, then there's some things that have to be addressed here from a medical standpoint. There are good meds out there if and when they find the right cocktail. And that's what they call it mm-hmm. in that world. They call it the right cocktail. And that's why we, uh, I recommend the psychiatrist. Now, maybe until he gets a let, a better under control, you might not push much on the other things. But somewhere along the, long, mm. on the line, it's, it's perfectly good, particularly in the context of radical honesty. It's perfectly all right that at some point you look at him and say, if you keep talking to her, I understand what you said your motive was. But if you keep talking to her, it damages me. It hurts me. And therefore, I'm asking you, to not do any more damage to me and not continue to contact her. Let's do what we need to do to make this marriage work. Now, if he's willing to make the marriage work and wants to make the marriage work, that's a perfectly reasonable request. There's nothing unreasonable about that at all. If he's not willing to make the marriage work and doesn't want to make the marriage work, then it makes no difference because he's not going to comply anyway. He's not going to do that. But what I'm hearing here is that he has come back. He doesn't want to work it out. And so I'll, I'll be redundant just for a second. I strongly urge you to ask the, the physician, if your husband is agreement in agreement, to refer to a psychiatrist to get those meds right. And secondly, as soon as you see some kind of stabilization that you, for your sake, would make a request, you know, it's hurting me that you keep talking to her. Please don't do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What Agreed. else would you add to that?
0: That sounds perfect.
1: Okay, all right. Then let's go back to Texas over here again, and we're going to Christina. Hi, Christina. How are you today?
5: I'm doing well, Doctor Beam. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. How may we help
5: you? Um, I'm actually calling because um, I too have been following you all for quite a few months. Um, my mm-hmm. husband and I have been married for twenty years now, and I have four children. We've actually known each other for 28 years, and um, Mm. he has um, had multiple affairs, um, first being before the birth of our first child. Um, We did, you know, seek um, faith-based counseling, um, really very naive, not really sure the gravity of the situation just kind of was remorseful, kind of went on with our life, and even, you know, the last 10 years had another three three kiddos, um, mm-hmm. and about five years ago, um, I did find out he had another affair with a co-worker. Um, again, remorseful, attempted to have counseling again, uh, very short-lived, but again, life just kind of kept moving on, got busy, mm-hmm. just kept going on, and so about seven months ago, um, I did find out he had a, another affair, but it mm. ends up being with the same, same person from the year, you know, five years before. Um, So, um, at this point, he has remained in the home. Um, I'm continuing to want to stand for our marriage. End of the, probably about mid-June is when I found you all. Um, Began working on myself. Really paid attention to what he was telling me early on in our conversations. um, As far as, so I just kind of, just worked on me. Um, He has remained in the home. But continues, and just in what you all talk about, kind of that, um, kind of vacillating between wanting to stay, wanting to go. So it's been about seven months now. We are, we have been going to counseling, which he sought out for us um, since June, and um, we've been going. He continues to go. Um, I've talked to him about um, going to. The intensive weekend, Mm -hmm. he's not really Mm -hmm. sure he wants to. But my main thing has been now is that when we have been sexually intimate, he Mm -hmm. initially was like fight or flight kind of deal. He would run pretty much out. But now it's become where he has said, "You know, I almost have to become someone else to do that." Um, Where he says he has to become someone
1: else. So what you just said, he feels he has to become someone else. Does he explain what that means? What does he mean by that? No. Oh, he hasn't explained He has not. Okay. No. All right. Go ahead. And when you are intimate, is this very often?
5: It's become more often since um, finding out seven months ago. Yes. Like okay. three times a week.
1: Okay. And is he loving and compassionate during those lovemaking sessions or is it mostly highly sexual?
5: Uh, highly sexual.
1: Okay, and so you don't feel a real connection, like true intimacy with him when that's occurring?
5: There's moments of it, but he has verbalized (sighs) in our counseling sessions that he cannot kiss me um, because he feels like, you know, it continues. You know, he can't look me in the eyes because he knows how much he's hurt us and damaged us.
1: Mm -hmm. As far as you know, is he still having any involvement with this other person?
5: Um. Initially, I knew he was not, but then back in November, I did find out that he was still in communication. And then as of right now, um, he has said that he has has not been in, in in communication, but I'm not 100% sure of that.
1: Okay. And in the relationship he had with her, do you know whether that was primarily sexual or primary, primarily a, some kind of an emotional connection? Do you happen to know? He did.
5: He... In the times when we spoke um, five, five years ago initially, he did also not, wasn't completely upright with, uh, up front with me five years ago. Mm-hmm. He said it was simply emotional, um, but come to find out this time around, he com- has pretty much just kind of opened up and said, you know, I was dishonest. It was emotional and turned sexual even back then. Um, and so I'm assuming there's a combination of both.
1: Okay, so you do believe he's he's has an emotional connection somehow with this person?
5: Yes, yes,
1: okay, all right now how how can we help you? What is your specific question for us?
5: I guess my main question was more of um, one of course, is that something um our counselor has mainly been going towards the the down the road of something down in his childhood that has kind of um, led to this kind of stuff, not necessarily. Um, myself, but then at the same time also asking if there's anything that could possibly help um, with helping him get through that part.
1: Okay. Is the counselor actively trying to help you guys save your marriage? What was that? Is the counselor actively trying to help you guys save your marriage? Yes. Okay, good. That's good. Because not all counselors do that. It may be that some of this is rooted in childhood. As a matter of fact, most every time we see some kind of relationship problem, there there are things from childhood that connect back to that. And do you want this marriage to make it?
5: Absolutely. I mean, I, I love him.
1: Okay. And do you believe that he loves you?
5: I do. I just think okay. he's um, he's definitely beat down with the guilt and the shame. Um, I Mm -hmm. actually bought your book, uh, Getting Past Guilt and Shame, and I've actually read it, but um, it's not something I think that at this time he's interested in.
1: Gotcha. Okay, I understand that. So I'm going to ask again because I'm not clear yet. What is it that you're asking us to help you with?
5: I guess with the sexual intimacy, there's a way for me to be able to assist him? Or is it best then for maybe for us to, you know, abstain? Since he feels he does it for me because he feels that I need it, but I also have been doing it also for him because I don't want to withhold because there's no reason for me to feel like I'm punishing him for something. So I guess my main question is, is there something that, you know, is it best for me to abstain and us both understand why we're abstaining? Or I just don't know how to help him with that. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a very reasonable question. So let me talk about that for a second, if I may. First of all, I would recommend that you go to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com slash.
2: Marriage helper. Okay.
1: So simple enough that I can't remember it. <laughs> YouTube.com slash marriage helper. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a couple of hundred videos on that site. And one of those, at least I know, and there may be more than one. <clears throat> again, I apologize for the cold, at least one of those things, one of those videos there, I talk about the fact of should you be sexually intimate with a a spouse in a situation such as you're describing, And, and that's like 10 or 12 minutes long, that video, so we can't replicate all of that here, but here are a couple of pros and cons I would ask you to think about. Here's a pro. If indeed you're together, the very fact that you're touching each other even if he's not kissing you right now, the very fact that you're touching each other and having sexual interaction with each other releases oxytocin. Now, that's a bonding chemical. If indeed he's reaching orgasm, and if indeed you are, then there's a lot of oxytocin released at that, both in the male and the female. And oxytocin is a strong bonding chemical. Therefore, there's a possibility that by making love to each other, that you can increase the bond, particularly with time. And so that's a good thing. If you feel that you're enjoying it and that you're benefiting from it, then that's okay. Now, here's a negative. If you feel that you're somehow being used, then this is going to work against you because after a while, you're going to be full of resentment. Or, or if, if you feel that somehow you're trying to buy him back, like I'm, I'm reclaiming my territory, I'm going to do this so that you come back, then that kind of motivation can be pretty tough to deal with over time. And if you think it's going to happen, like this is going to reclaim my territory, this is going to bring my husband back to where he loves me again, then you might be sending yourself up for some major, major disappointment. Because while it could do that and may do that, it may not do that. In other words, it's not a given. It's not a slam dunk as we would see in the sports world. And so what I strongly urge you to think about is this. Is it benefiting you in some fashion? Do you Do you feel like it's good for you? And do you feel like it's good for the relationship? Even if it's not healing the relationship, do you feel like it's good for the relationship? And if you say yes, then my suggestion would be that you continue. But if there are other things that you feel taken advantage of, you, you think that this is going to be the be all in all that somehow m- makes everything work out because of the disappointment that will lie ahead or potentially lie ahead. If you do that, then I would suggest that you don't. So you see, I can't give you a firm answer one way or the other. First of all, it's your life. It's your choice. You make the decision. But but weigh those things out. And I would really strongly urge you to go to our YouTube slash marriage helper. And by the way, while there, subscribe to it. Subscribe to that channel.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: then you have access and what is it? A couple of new videos a week.
0: Yes, we have our live show that we do and then we also post a new video on Tuesdays and then on Thursdays as well is what we call our more teaching videos, where it's me or you or some other people on our team that are talking about doing things in more
1: depth than Mm -hmm. we can here. And so if you subscribe, you're always going to find out that those things are there. Mm -hmm. And so I gave you a couple of things to think about. but, Mm -hmm. But because of the fact I talk about it in much more detail in about a 10 or 12 minute video on YouTube, I strongly urge you to go there. Okay. All right, now let's see, we're gonna go from there over here to Florida. Hi Sandy, how are you? Uh, good. Good, how may we help you today?
6: Yes, Um. I, I would like to know, how do I approach um putting stops down when my husband tends to have a lot of poles from the outside? And what I mean by that is he has a tendency to um, uh, to kind of chat with other people, Um, you know, and I don't know if anything like physically is kind of going on, but I do know that he does chat and he does not know that I know this. And about a year ago, he was actually at the point where he was actually going to leave. He pretty much told me that he was done. He was out. Um, I found you guys, I started to get help right away. Um, he actually stayed, but the, but what he has been doing has not stopped. Now I wasn't really aware that he was doing those things back then. Um, so I kind of don't know what to do because I feel stuck. I don't help know me understand if what it is. That, it up.
1: Help, me, help me understand okay. what it is that he's doing. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of missing what it is that he's doing. Can
2: you tell um, me
6: that? Yes, he is. It appears that um, he will reach out and chat with other females. Um,
1: and when you say chat, is that just like, like just general conversation or what?
6: You know, I really don't know. I don't know if it's, I kind of feel it's more like flirting, you know, kind of back and forth. I feel like he kind of just, you know, he, I mean, I, I really don't know. I just know that he will reach out to other females. Um, he will chat just about normal stuff, but he also will chat, you know, kind of like sexually. I don't really know how far it actually goes. Um, and, and, and
1: how do you know that it actually gets sexual?
6: Because I have snooped. That's how I know. Okay. I know okay,
0: you're not supposed sure. to do that, <laughs> but okay. thank you yeah. for being honest.
1: Yeah, we do appreciate honesty. <laughs> appreciate we do. Okay, so you know that there's there's sexual innuendo and in some sexual conversation. You know yes. that because you've seen it. Okay, because what I was trying to figure out here is is this is this person Sandy, just super possessive and therefore doesn't want him to talk to any women ever about anything. Or does Sandy really have a point that that he's having conversations that are inappropriate? And you just uh, answered Mm -hmm. that question for me. He's having conversations that are inappropriate. So that's what I was trying to find out there, Sandy. Okay. Okay. All right. And so they are inappropriate. And and you obviously have not, based on what I've just heard, you obviously have not let him know that you've been reading these things, right?
6: No. Mm No.
1: Okay. And what is it that you want him to do now?
6: Well, you know, I really would like him to just stop doing that because I feel like I'm getting a lot of mixed signals. You know, he will come home. He will tell me that he loves me. Um, We will have some great days. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I'm being played with. I feel like he's not really being real because even though that he's here I feel like he's gone, kind of in a sense.
1: Mm -hmm. And And have you told him that?
6: In so many words, yes. Um, I recently have started to, you know, kind of stand up for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I pretty much told him what I need, what I Mm -hmm. would like, but Mm I tried to do it in the sense of, you know, not telling him what I know. So I don't know if I'm really kind of getting it across. To him, but it's very mm-hmm. hard because the second that I bring up stuff, you know, he'll he will lie, he will mm-hmm. act like that he is not doing anything. Um, mm-hmm. He will tell me that you know I'm the one that's doing the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I just don't really know how to bring it up.
1: Okay, and that's a good question because and I don't that, want I mean, to do
6: anything mm-hmm. that's going to push him away.
1: I understand that. pardon me me one second this terrible cough I'm so sorry about that maybe eventually I'll stop coughing around the year 2025 something like that so so Sandy here's a recommendation first of all I appreciate the fact that you don't want to push him away I get that but sometimes sometimes you have to do pushes because of the fact that you can't avoid all pushes and if you know he's doing something that's detrimental to your relationship and that's harmful to you now we agree I'm sure Kimberly will agree with me here that if he knows that you have been sneaking into his stuff, Mm -hmm. the typical reaction people give to that is not good.
2: It's not about,
1: well, you're right. I'm doing the wrong thing. It's how dare you violate my privacy. Mm -hmm. And so you, pardon me, you probably would face that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know that it's occurring Mm -hmm. and you know that he's not telling you the truth about it. So somewhere along the line, you have to make a decision. Do I keep trying to talk about it in terms of this is what I need? This is what I want and hope that he finally gets it. Or if that's not making any progress at all, even though I know that he's probably going to react negatively in the outset, is it worth the risk of saying, well, you're not going to like this, but Mm -hmm. I did look, I did see what you were doing and, and I need for you not to do that. I need for us to work on the relationship. Mm. So it's going to be either or it's either going to be, you keep trying to teach him, ask him all these kinds of things until hopefully he gets it and starts doing the right thing. And if that works, wonderful. But if you keep doing that and you're making no progress at all, then you may have to deal with the negative over here, which is going to be a big push. You're right. But you can't avoid all pushes, and sometimes you have to. Would you right. agree or disagree with that?
0: You know, I would absolutely agree with that. And when, if that's the decision that is chosen at this point, then everything else would need to be on point. And here's what I mean by that. If, if you're going to admit, here's how I found it and here's what I would like you to stop, here's how it makes me feel, you need to make sure you're timing it right, that the way that you say it is is calm and strong and gentle. Everything else about that situation, you need to have control over your emotions in it because he's already probably going to get angry. So we want to negate anything else negative that could happen by controlling all of the other circumstances that you do have control over. So that's just Something to think about. That's excellent.
1: That's actually very, very smart
0: advice there. I know.
1: (laughs) I I, uh, messed up all of our equipment and began the program in a bad way because I sneaked out right before we started to go get this that I had left in my office and needed to have here. It was worth it. Uh, I hope it is. Pardon me, I broke our hearing. Our, I broke our microphone. I broke about everything here. Jesse was having a heart attack. Our producer over there,
0: he has one every week. It's <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> we have aged him considerably yeah. since he started working for us. I want to read this letter to you. It's uh, it was actually sent to David and Deborah Matthews. Now, they are a couple that we uh that that work with us here, and they lead. Some of our workshops, our intensive three-day workshops, David and Debbie do that. And this is from a couple who went to one of the workshops that David and Debbie led. And this was a letter they sent to David and Debbie.
2: Oh, how okay. cool. And Can't so this is a it. copy
1: that I was given yesterday. We just ended a three day workshop yesterday and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And David and Debbie were leading that workshop. Mm-hmm. And of course I was there for good portions of it to help out. And sometimes I actually leave the workshop. Sometimes I'm just there to help out. It was a good workshop. A lot of great things happened for Mary just in this workshop yesterday. But when they gave me this letter, I thought we've got to read this. Okay. Now I'm going to try to leave out the people names here just to protect them. Although there's no way from the first names you can know where they are. Basically, it's being written by the wife, and she said, "My husband and I were in the marriage helper workshop," and she mentions when it was and that David and Debbie were leading. And she said, "We've learned and grown so much since the workshop. It's not been easy, by any means." By the time we headed to the workshop in January, I had already mentioned morning a divorce. After the workshop, I was still stubborn and said I didn't care. I still was not happy, and in April, which was one year after we got married, so. Things went south pretty fast with us couple. Fast. One year after we got married, we went back and forth. I went and saw my lawyer a few times. Filed for divorce, uh, in after being together since age fifteen, now twenty-six. We had one court date. I still had my LO. Now, for those that are not familiar with how we phrase things here, an LO is a limerence object. It's it's a person that you are having a very strong sexual and emotional affair with. I was, still had my L O and that went back and forth for it was a phase, and, and then things would go back over a year. I'm getting a little confused with her writing here. Her husband said wanted to make it work, and she was still shutting him out, thinking that you know that's the past, it's over. And then she was pointing out her husband's weaknesses. Okay, he's drinking, he's got a temper, he has PTSD from his service in the uh, working in the armed mm-hmm. services, so forth and on. But, but he stayed by my side, and I still wanted the divorce. He continued to want to work things out, even while I still had someone else in my everyday life. And then, one day, it just hit me. How could I let him go? How could I let him go? After everything I'd put him through, all the pain and hurt and all the back and forth, and not knowing what I wanted, but he wanted me. Nobody else but me. So I realized I needed to cut things off with the other person and give it a chance, a 100% chance, not 50%, or not only try when the LO was making me angry, or when I felt like trying to see what can happen. And she goes on, and again, it's getting too long, but basically, they went to the workshop, months passed, Mm -hmm. months, before finally the things that they learned in the workshop began to have an effect on her. Mm-hmm. begin finally to sink in and have an effect on her. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and that's when she turned and looked back at him and thought about all the things that she learned in the workshop of what she says in this letter here. And by the way, their pictures are on this letter. Mm-hmm. You can I see here it. what they look like. And and just basically saying, Debbie, Deborah, uh, and David, thank you for leading that workshop. Thank you for what you planted for us. And then they included a gift here. So sweet. A gift that they sent to Debbie. And David, and, and he was showing me the little gift that they sent to them. And so if you ever think, well, ours is impossible. So was that one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that one was very, very impossible. And if you had met that couple back when that happened, if you were a gambling person, you would have said, I'm going to put all my money on divorce
2: mm-hmm.
1: because that's what's going to occur. She's head over heels with this other guy. She, She's mad about her husband and his flaws. It's mm-hmm. never, ever going to work. And now I, I can't show you that picture because it would violate the privacy. But isn't that the coolest picture? Oh, of
0: they're so happy. And the other picture is of her husband with Debbie and David's therapy dog at the workshop, mm-hmm. which I think is just. Oh, sweet. So cool.
1: Yeah. Debbie Debbie, uh, because Debbie has a therapy dog. She brings their dog to workshop and that dog takes care of people like crazy. If mm-hmm. by the way, you have a therapy dog or you want to make a major donation to this nonprofit, you buy us a therapy dog. <sighs> because I'm telling you that in our workshops, it's amazing mm-hmm. what this dog does for people. Mm-hmm. They're not at every workshop. And it's their dog. But if you want to help us get that dog, we'll take that gift in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, here's a picture of him being taken yeah. care of by the dog. So and there's a picture of them hugging on each mm-hmm. other, smiling and laughing. I
2: love
1: it. And we love getting letters like that. I love it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being with us today. Tell them again how they can get this uh,
0: Yes, if you want to know more about Pies University, join the Five Line Friday email that I sent out. And if you just overall want to become the best you can physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, regardless of what's happening in your marriage or external circumstances, because you want to do it for you then you should be a part of the Pies University email list. You can join that by texting 33777, that's the number that you text, and you text the word, all one word, mypies, M-Y-P-I-E-S, no spaces, my pies to 33777.
1: Okay, I'm trying to see how to, I bump things around, uh, I bumped, things, I bumped <laughs> around everything up here, and we, everything in this room is messed up. Thank you for being with us, and we'll be much more organized next Monday, I promise you. Thank you for being with us.